This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Today we're going to springboard off of a story that came out of the Gospel Coalition March 8, 2019. The title was Nadia Bolz-Weber and the Sexual Revolution We Need. She recently came out with a book called Shameless, and it's an expression of allowing all sexual desires to be played out within our society. And she argues that Christians need to abandon what the church has traditionally taught and that we need this new Christian sexual ethic. So we're going to talk about that here today. Mark, what are your thoughts? Man, what a uh, what a challenging what a challenging topic. Not because her arguments are clearly unbiblical. That doesn't make it challenging. Uh, what's challenging is the church does need some new thinking in regards to uh, how we talk about, think about sexuality, how we train and disciple and equip people. And and in many places that's going going in a very healthy direction. In, in other cases it's not at all. So at kind of this baseline argument that church needs a new uh, a new approach, uh, I think it's going to be a draw. Uh, there's going to be this, oh yeah, that sounds good to me. And there's going to be maybe a gravitation towards her writing and what she's saying. We also know the other challenges, we also know um, we we have a lot of, uh, we would call them uh, progressive uh, Christians or liberal Christians uh, that are adapting her viewpoints and are uh, advocating exactly what she's saying and will be excited about this particular work. And so there, there will be those within uh, the um, claimed Christian world that are saying, yes, it's about time. And and the the challenge becomes in what I'm going to say the true church is how do we stand for biblical truth, advocate healthy approaches to marriage and sexuality, and argue against these things that are are taking the Bible apart. Yeah, you know, there's a book that has come out in the last year. I think it's 2017. is called Love Thy Body. is by Nancy Piercy. And she really helps unfold the argument at its root of what's going on in our culture, mm-hmm. in our society. And one of the things that she says is that the human body, because the human body in our culture under the idea of Darwin is a part of nature, it's demoted to a level of an amoral mechanism subject to the will of the autonomous self. And she goes through, it's interesting because she talks about how we see our bodies as basic material and how we can manipulate what we do with our body and that can be separated from our mind just kind of like the transgender mm-hmm. movement that separates out the body and mind and says that it doesn't matter what I came in in the form of this earth and world yeah. 
It's what my mind says, what my desires are, what my inclinations are. They, they come from a pleasurable place that I need to fulfill. And it's interesting because she even points out the difference of the argument be, between the homosexual argument and the transgender. She states the argument this way. She says, transgenderism, they deny that gender identity is rooted in biology, yet homosexuality is rooted in biology. So the argument of transgenderism and same-sex marriage is is completely different even in that. So what can we gain from looking at scripture to see the whole purpose of mankind? And can we lay out foundational design from God's word, because we're definitely not seeing it within our world. What we're seeing is a fragmented view of sexuality. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what you get from any kind of Darwinian type approach to how humanity exists. Is you're going to have you you've got to end up with with something fragmented, and um, and you're going to lose you're going to lose the concept of design because it's rooted in uh, randomness. And so the argument for a biblical morality, a biblical ethic in this regard, goes all the way back to things that we said. You take the holistic view of the Bible and and its argument from beginning to end. There's creation, and the creation has design. And uh, it has purpose. And that's seen from Genesis. And so why why are there issues and why are there problems and, and why would there be why would there be sinfulness and fault? Well, it goes back to the fall, and so we we have answers to all of those things. But you you've got to go back to the 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 beginning, and and see the argument from the the start, and ultimately, as she's arguing, it, it is one argument. And regardless of what the the issues are, and they're having, you can see they're not even on the same page. Uh, those that would advocate transgender lifestyle, those that would advocate homosexual, they're not on the same page. Their arguments are falling apart. We have we have one one standing argument against all of these things, and it flows from God's design and God's purpose for humanity. Yeah, and it's interesting because within Piercy's argument, she uses the same one that you have this fact-value division, right? Mm-hmm. The facts say this. But value says this, and those are divided. And when you see the mind saying one thing that's contrary to what the body is built and designed to do, Mm. then you can see that that's being separated out. But God didn't design us that way. In fact, he designed us to be a whole, that our mind and our body would function together. Mm. And we can see that throughout Scripture, that the function and purpose of those things, even to the point of the New Testament, when we're called to go and make disciples, and he sends the Holy Spirit out, that it, the Holy Spirit might be within the church. Mm-hmm. And when people look at the body, that they see the temple of God residing in the body, mm-hmm. expressing his attributes. The mind is is being captivated as the mind of Christ while while the body is being filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's a whole unit, but there's even more than that. Yeah. Well, it makes me think about the verse in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 that talks about this is the will of God. 
and, and he says, for this is the will of God. That's, that's something you're grappling with with your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. What, what, is, what is it that God desires? And the very first thing he says in regards, for this is the will of God, that you flee sexual immorality. And he goes to the body. And he makes that connection between mind and body, even as we try to live out. What does it look like to be in the will of God? To understand his purpose and design for me, my body will be in line with what brings about good and purpose. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because Nancy Piercy uses this argument not just with same-sex marriage or transgenderism. It's, it's, a, it's an argument that is used with abortion because we're separating what? The biological baby from personhood. Right? Mm-hmm. right, and we're saying, okay, well, now we know it's a baby in the womb, but it's not personhood yet, and so we're 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 making these arguments, but they're actually unfolding at its root, saying what we're really what we're really doing is separating the mind from the body, so yeah. we're separating out morality, yeah. Yeah, which really is, I mean, that, there's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes talks about that. So you, you had these philosophies even in the biblical age where uh, the Gnostics wanted to separate the mind and the body. It's about the knowledge, but not about the physical and material. Do what you want with your body as long as your mind is in line with the secret knowledge of the of the hidden mysteries of God. And And so you see them even arguing for types of separation and wanting to even forward the idea that that's how Jesus was able to be the son of God, but die on the cross with his body, you know, mm-hmm. uh, versus what we really have is God in human flesh, mind and body fulfilling God's purpose in his death on the cross. So it's not, it's not new. It's new flavors. It's new intent. It's, it's, it's new challenges. It's for our day and our period, but that's where we've got to address it is, uh, in the fact that uh, God designed us holistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave us uh, soul, mind, body, and mm-hmm. it's one person. And the call to deny self uh, is to look at, okay, so my mind, just for myself, my mind sometimes wants to do things. I had this problem last night, mm-hmm. frustrated over something. I want to act in this way. Here's what I'm going to do. But the Holy Spirit in me is going, but you know that's not biblically the way to handle this. You need to trust God, let him take care of it. You know? And I'm going, no, but I can go and I can make this. You need to trust God. So yeah. am I going to deny myself, my mind, and what it wants to do to submit it to the will of God? Yeah, and that's exactly right. And I think that's where the idea of Piercy's book, love the body, love what God has given to you, love what God has entrusted to you. And, you know, there's another way of looking at this as well. When we look at our society, we think, well, okay, well, all Christians believe that. But when we look back in society, marriage and the fruitfulness of mankind has always been looked upon as something that is purposeful mm-hmm. in society. And yeah. we're not going to go through all four of the P's that Frank Turk goes through, but if you want to, you can go online and look for one of his podcaster cross-examined. He does the four P's on this, but he talks about the good that it does for society, even for non-believers. Mm-hmm. And what is that? Well, the design of of marriage 
between a man and a woman is also going to promote another generation. It's going to prevent or at least alleviate some of the promiscuity in our society. Because what happens when a man and a woman come together? They get more focused. They understand the design and the plan as Christians. They're they're not out trying to do things that they shouldn't be doing. And as as some would say, when the fire is in the fireplace, it's a really nice warming for the house. But mm-hmm. when it gets outside of the fireplace, it's yeah. going to be very dangerous. Yeah. And so you have these this promotion of a new generation. You have this you have this prevention of promiscuity that's going to bring in diseases and all sorts of of things that are not going to be good for the culture. This is why governments for so long continue to endorse and all around the world continue to endorse marriage, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean they they are part of wanting to advocate those good things. But we're seeing the decline of that because we want to separate out the design that God had for us yeah. and do something different, which is really just trying to please our own desires. Yeah. It goes into the concept we talked about a few weeks ago on just human flourishing. And this is whether you want to use the terminology of sexual flourishing or marital flourishing, <clears throat> those are just components of overall human flourishing. Um, in the what's your worldview for what's going to cause flourishing she the author of this shameless book is advocating a a flourishing that uh is against the bible that uh will will cause harm that uh will destroy some of those very things that you're talking about will 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 not allow for or promote that which will forward the generations um in fact, um, she quotes from the World Health Organization to talk about the fact that um, all we need for a sexual ethic is consent and mutuality, which mutuality being defined by the enjoyment of both parties. As long as, as long as both parties say yes and as long as both parties enjoy, it ought to be a go. And just at the pragmatic level, we understand that doesn't make sense. In fact, uh, the world puts in place laws to make sure that there are some people who may not be capable of giving a genuine consent. Well, it looks like we've run out of time, so we're going to pick up this discussion on the next analysis. Thanks for listening.